Welcome to the American Lean Podcast. It's Wednesday, and that means we're going to cover some lean topics. And I think given what's going on in the world right now, I want to start a four-part series about how to increase cash flow within your manufacturing company. Now, I realize, and we all realize, these are unique times in the business world right now. And many middle market and SMEs, which are small and medium-sized enterprises, will return to work and cash flow will be on everyone's mind. So like I said, I want this to be the first of a four-part series on how to increase cash flow in your manufacturing operations. So we'll get into more depth right after the intro. Welcome to the American Lean Podcast, where we cover five topics in five days in about five minutes. The only place in the world where you can get daily lean coaching. Your host is Tom Reed, and he shares his 30 years of experience and covers leadership, culture, entrepreneurship, lean methodologies, Industry 4.0, and interviews special guests on their lean journey. We're glad you're here. So let's go. Welcome in to the American Lean Podcast. This is episode 35. So as I mentioned in the intro, I want to begin a four-part series on how to increase cash flow in your business. Now, the default thought process might be to cut employees to conserve cash, but who will be left to build your product when demand comes back? Now, I've been through this before. I worked with a company in 1998 that had two inventory turns, and we were able to help them increase to 12 inventory turns in about a year, and that saved them when 9-11 occurred, when demand for product went down dramatically. So I thought it was important to share what we did with that company. And so I want to share other ways to increase cash flow in your business besides just getting rid of employees. So let's set this up. Let's look at a typical cost of goods sold for a manufacturer. Now there are usually three main costs to a cost of goods sold. And those are labor, overhead, and material. Now my blog, I show two pie charts. One that's divided equally, 33, 33, and 34%. And the other one that's 36, 50, and 14%. How many of you believe that the three costs are equal, like the pie chart that's 33, 33, and 34? In other words, 33% of our costs go to labor, 33% of our costs go to overhead, and 33% of your costs go to material, versus the other pie chart, which would say that 50% of our costs go to material, 14% of our costs go to direct labor, and 36% of our costs go to overhead. The reality is, for most companies that build a product, their cost of goods sold resemble that pie chart that's 50% material, 14% direct labor, and 36% overhead. So in essence, the smallest piece of the pie is direct labor. Now, think of the products that you manufacture. How many labor hours go into building one of your units? One hour? Two hour? Five hours? Ten hours? Typically, it is the smallest piece of our cost of goods sold. Whenever companies want to save money, what do they do? They cut labor first. So I think there's a better way. So if our goal is to free up cash within manufacturing, I looked for some ratios out on the internet, and according to readyratios.com, the typical number of days of inventory for a manufacturing company is 76 days, and that has changed very little since 2013. So what that means is, if we are a $25 million a year company with a gross margin of 36%, like the ratios showed most companies are, our cost of goods sold is $16 million. If we truly have 76 days of inventory on hand, that means that we have 3.3 inventory turns. The 250 working days a year divided by the 76 days of inventory equals 3.3 inventory turns. Now, for those of you that don't know what an inventory turn is, it's basically how many times a year you sell your inventory. This says that we would have a little less than four months worth of inventory on hand. Now, since we only have 3.3 inventory turns, and we have a $16 million cost of goods sold, that means we have $4.8 million that we carry in inventory. 
our direct labor costs are the 16 million times 14%, which is 2.2 million. So since we're trying to save cash, let's look at an impact of reducing the inventory or the labor by 20%. If I save 20% in my inventory, that means I'm going to save $960,000. If I save 20% in my labor costs, that means I'm going to save $448,000. So obviously, our savings is much greater if we can eliminate the inventory investment by 20%. Let's talk about something else. What if we could get to 12 inventory turns like we were able to do with that company in Cincinnati? Then our inventory investment would only be $1.3 million, which is a savings of $3.5 million over the original $4.8 million inventory investment. I think for most mid-market companies, that is a realistic target. Pretty sure that if we could do it within a $3 million company, we could do it for your organization. So you might say, that's great. How do we free up cash without having continual inventory shortages? Well, one of the most effective ways is to implement a poll system within your business. Also called combine systems, these are fantastic for minimizing inventory investment and ensuring that you don't run out of parts to keep your business running. So like I said, this is the first part of a four-part series that will educate you on these powerful tools and how you can deploy them in your organization. So in my blog, I share an article from the Cincinnati Post that was written in 1998 talking about this technique. Now, I deployed it within a family-owned crane manufacturer, and like I said, it helped them successfully weather the 9-11 crisis. Because when I walked in the door, they had two inventory turns, and a year later, we had 12. It freed up tremendous cash for them to be able to weather the storm when 9-11 hit. So if you're interested to read that article, go to AmericanLean.com blog, How to Increase Cash Flow in Manufacturing, Part 1. And next week, we'll continue our discussion on how to get started using these powerful poll techniques to increase cash flow within your organization. So I hope this has added value to your day. Remember, consuming information is great, but I want you to take that information to make yourself and your company a little bit better today. This podcast is for you, so if there are topics that you'd like me to cover, or if you'd like to share your company's lean journey, please contact me at tom at americanlean.com. Until tomorrow, have a great one. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we are honored to serve you and we hope that you and your company are getting a little bit better every day. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with others in the lean and business community. If you'd like to turbocharge your lean efforts, please visit us at AmericanLean.com.